Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net at the webalchemist.net. Uh, you can find my book at empoweredmanifestation.com and on social media, Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw, the Success Alchemist, and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is the 13th of February 2021, and the title of today's show is um, Impeachment Farce, Cancel Culture, and More Fraud. So we had the impeachment trial. Um, it started Tuesday after a vote on Monday as to on whether to proceed with the trial uh, on a constitutional question as to whether you can impeach a former president given that he's no longer in office and you know it, it makes it quite clear in the constitution that an impeachment is to remove somebody from office so if they're no longer in office then the whole purpose of an impeachment is completely undermined but the democrats agenda seems to also be to prevent trump from running for office again um obviously thinking in terms of 2024 but given that they proceeded with the impeachment trial which as i said in the title of the show is a complete farce it sets an interesting precedent because if they um, agree that that you can go ahead and impeach somebody who is no longer in office where does that leave people like obama with all the things that went on in um, in his administration. We've got Hillary Clinton, assuming these people are still alive, of course, and haven't already been arrested and executed. But it does create a precedent that says, OK, well, you know, now we've been after Trump, or now they've been after Trump, we can now go after all these other criminals that have been in office. So... I have to make a confession here that I actually haven't watched the impeachment trial itself because, to be perfectly honest, I did start watching a little bit um, of Jamie Raskin and I just couldn't watch it because seeing and hearing these people make up these stories and tell blatant lies and put together videos that are completely distorting what actually happened um it was just beyond me to watch it but i have dug out some pretty good articles on the subject i'm going to start with one by epoch times and this was from the 12th and or at least it was updated on the 12th and this is a commentary by rob natelson says the videos introduced into the Trump impeachment trial were utterly inappropriate. They should have been vigorously objected to and excluded by the chair. An impeachment trial takes place in a legislative chamber and not a courtroom. The Senate has far more procedural flexibility than a judge does. Still, the Constitution tells us that it is a trial. That implied standards more rigorous than in an ordinary legislative hearing and certainly different from those at a film festival. Of course, we haven't got a judge presiding over this case because Justice Roberts um, recused himself. And so the Democrats put a very partisan uh, member in in the seat to preside over the trial so that in itself is highly questionable because in the constitution it says that it, it should be over, overseen by the chief justice anyway to continue on the doctored anti-trump videos did not meet any reasonable standard of admissibility rather they constituted the latest example of the questionable tactics we have learned to expect from the lead impeachment manager Representative Jamie Raskin, Democrat Maryland. That's the guy who has reminded us at least twice that he was a professor of constitutional law. 
Other examples of Raskin's dubious behaviour include arguably misrepresenting a key piece of founding era impeachment evidence and breaching professional ethics by direct contact with another lawyer's client in an adversarial proceeding. The insulting letter that, in quotes, invited Trump to testify. Raskin's team also has carefully avoided submitting any proof of one of its central claims that Trump repeatedly lied about the presidential election results. In an impeachment trial, the prosecution has the burden of proving its accusations by clear and convincing evidence, yet the prosecution has introduced almost no evidence tending to show either, one, that the reported election returns were accurate, or two, that Trump had no reason to believe they were corrupt. Instead, the prosecution has regaled the Senate with abusive oratory and slickly edited videos. Here are some reasons those videos should have been excluded. First, they are hearsay. That means there's no way to cross-examine them. When images are introduced into a trial, one of two things must happen. Either the parties stipulate to their accuracy, or their proponent produces a sponsoring witness who can testify under oath that they're accurate. Often the witness must explain how and under what circumstances the images were made. That person can then be cross-examined so the judge can assess the usefulness of the proffered evidence. These videos were neither submitted to the defence for a stipulation nor supported by sworn testimony. Second, ethical practice would have been to provide the films to the defence team in advance. Springing them on the day of the trial is the very definition of what the law calls unfair surprise. Admittedly, this was consistent with other unfair aspects of this trial. For example, the Senate didn't even inform the defence attorneys what the rules would be until the very eve of the hearing. Third, once the videos had been provided to the defence attorneys, they should have been given time to review them. In fact, the defence should have been given several weeks because the images were cobbled together from disconnected events extending over several years. Different witnesses might have to testify to the accuracy of each segment. Fourth, at least one of Raskin's video-related representations has been long debunked. His claim that Trump praised neo-Nazis and other extremists in a Charlottesville, Virginia demonstration. Actually, Trump praised the many law-abiding people present on both sides, not the neo-Nazis and their ilk. Fifth, when trying to prove a person guilty of a bad act, it generally is not admissible to refer to allegations of other disconnected acts. Additional bad behaviour may be considered in sentencing, but not in initial determinations of guilt. Finally, the videos are not particularly relevant to the charge in the article of impeachment. That charge is that Trump incited violence against the government on January 6, 2021. Shortly before the joint session commenced, on January 6, President Trump addressed a crowd at the Ellipse in Washington, D.C. There he reiterated false claims that we won this election and we won it by a landslide. He also willfully made statements that, in context, encouraged and foreseeably resulted in lawless action. And that's a, an extract, I think, from the impeachment um, articles. The factual problems with that charge are many. Trump's rhetoric was well within the political norm. The violence was planned by unrelated parties long before he spoke, and Trump explicitly told his followers to act peaceably, as in fact 90-plus percent of them did. But Raskin's videos shift ground from what Trump said on January 6th to what he allegedly said and did over a period of years. It's hard to resist the conclusion that the real purpose is not to convict the former president, but to beat him up politically. Of course, Raskin has said nothing about contemporary political standards or the wider context. Specifically, he ignored recent behaviour of democratic politicians and their supporters. In 2018, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat Massachusetts, who now sits in judgment on Trump, stirred up a mob that had invaded the Hart Senate building. 
politicos such as Representative Maxine Waters, Democrat California, who voted for Trump's impeachment, engage in violent rhetoric as a matter of course. Three years ago, leftists invaded the US Capitol and tried to smash down the doors of the Supreme Court. Ten years ago, they invaded and occupied the Wisconsin state capitol. And just last year, Democrat officeholders throughout the country willfully failed to staunch and sometimes encourage the massive BLM Antifa riots. By any measure, measure, those riots outstripped the January 6th capital incursion by many orders of magnitude. But of course, such evidence just wouldn't be relevant, would it? So let's move on to day four. Um, this is an article from gregjarrett.com. Impeachment day four. Defence quickly and skillfully destroys Dems' case against Trump. The defence could have rested its case after the first 60 minutes. It was over. They won hands down. In the course of one extraordinary hour, the defence team for former President Donald Trump thoroughly demolished the impeachment case against him that House managers spent two days alleging. It's like a history repeating itself, isn't it, after the first impeachment? It was a complete fiasco then as well as this one. It was a resounding and humiliating defeat. The defence could have rested its case after the first 60 minutes. It was over. They won hands down. In the end, Trump's lawyers used less than three hours of their allotted 16 hours before effectively resting. Just a, an aside to this, there was a lot of criticism of Trump's legal team um, on the initial in opening remarks. And I even read a report that Trump was pretty furious about it. But they definitely redeemed themselves when they put up the defence. The brilliance of the defence was the use of videotape to exonerate Trump. They beat prosecutors at their own game. The clip showed the shameful hypocrisy of both the managers and Democrats who have absurdly accused Trump of inciting an insurrection by using the terms fight and fight like hell when he spoke to a crowd of supporters on January 6, 2021. The damning video presented by the defence showed each and every house manager voicing the identical words and in the same context that Trump had used as a political metaphor. Democrat senators were also seen repeatedly using fight and fight like hell. Senator Elizabeth Warren uttered it more than 50 times. Vice President Kamala Harris invoked the words close to 70 times. But it didn't stop there. President Joe Biden, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Representative Maxine Waters and scores of other prominent Democrats were heard hurling rhetoric that was far uglier than anything Trump said on January 6th. Some even wished aloud that they could punch Trump in the face. Biden envisioned beating him up. By their own twisted incitement standard, all those Democrats would be evicted from office. But as Trump lawyer David Schoen told senators at the conclusion of the video montage, don't worry, you didn't do anything wrong. Schoen was right, at least in a legal sense. By the way, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, whatever. Another series of video clips showed Democrats seeming to tolerate, condone and encourage the violence that consumed American cities last summer. This was juxtaposed with the hideous scenes of the violence itself. Assaults, batteries, looting, vandalism, arson and wholesale destruction of property. There were murders too, but this was not shown. The defence team handily destroyed the House manager's ancillary argument that Trump should be convicted because he ginned up emotion by wrongfully telling his supporters that the election result was rigged or stolen. On the television screen, senators took a trip down memory lane as numerous Democrats, including Pelosi and former presidential nominee Hillary Clinton, claimed the same thing in a past election result they didn't like. Checkmate. The most devastating moment came when Schoen accused his counterparts of unconscionable dishonesty and duplicity. House managers manipulated evidence, deceptively edited videos and falsely represented tweets, he declared. And then he proceeded to prove it with undeniable evidence. 
Armed with a collection of visuals, Schoen showed how an important treat by Trump appeared to have been significantly altered and how numerous videos involving the former president have been cleverly doctored to transform exculpatory evidence into incriminating evidence. If this were a court of law, the prosecutors would be held in criminal, criminal contempt and tossed in the hoosgau. I don't know what that is, actually. not come across that word before. Anyway. Van der Veen put it best when he said this sham impeachment threatens political speech everywhere. The centrepiece of Trump's defence rested on the actual words he used on the day of the riots. House managers deliberately concealed those words during their two-day presentation of evidence. Once again, video exposed their malice. Trump was seen telling his supporters to behave peacefully and patriotically as they made their voices heard in support of Republicans who were challenging the electoral votes. Never once did Trump encourage or advocate violence or destruction of property, as Democrats have persistently asserted. Their impeachment, said Schoen, is driven by hatred, vitriol and political opportunism. In a thirst for vengeance against a man they have long loathed, they deprived Trump of due process, contorted the evidence against him and lied about what truly occurred. Their ultimate goal is to prevent Trump from ever running for president again. As defence attorney Michael Vanderveen reasoned, they want congressional control over which private citizen can run for office. They want to disqualify a political opponent. He condemned this as nothing more than constitutional cancel culture. He is absolutely correct. The defence readily acknowledged that the violence that took place at the Capitol building was despicable. But in their rush to judgment, Democrats plotted to exploit that tragedy for partisan gain. In the process, they attempted to strip Trump of his primary defence under the First Amendment. They sought to punish him by impeachment for exercising his right to free speech. Van der Veen put it best when he said, This sham impeachment threatens political speech everywhere. So then today's news is Senate votes to subpoena witnesses for Trump impeachment trial. And this is Epoch Times. The Senate voted Saturday morning to allow the House impeachment managers and counsels for former President Donald Trump to call witnesses. Five Republicans, including Senators Susan Collins, uh, Republican Maine, Lisa Murkowski, Republican Alaska, Mitt Romney, Utah, Ben Sass, Nebraska and Lindsey Graham, South Carolina, joined Democrats to vote for calling at least one witness. Graham initially voted against subpoenaing witnesses, but later changed his vote to an aye. He said earlier that Trump's counsel will call many witnesses if the House impeachment managers decide to call witnesses. It's unclear how many witnesses the Senate will subpoena since it is subject to further debates and votes. Some senators are Senator Patrick Leahy, a Democrat Vermont, he's uh, presiding over the trial, to clarify, but he said debate is not allowed during the vote. Leahy is presiding over Trump's impeachment. Trump's office didn't respond to a request for comment from the Epoch Times. Before the Senate vote, lead House impeachment manager Jamie Raskin stated that they wanted to call witnesses because of an alleged phone call between House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, Republican California, and Trump on January 6th. Representative James Herrera Butler from Washington, Republican Washington, alleged in a statement that Trump hesitated to call off the riots at the request of McCarthy during the January 6th Capitol breach. Trump allegedly believed it was Antifa that had breached the Capitol in the first place. Well, Kevin, I guess these people are more upset about the election than you are, he reportedly told McCarthy, after McCarthy reportedly refuted the Antifa narrative. The epoch. Times could not independently verify Herrera Butler's statement. Trump and McCarthy's offices didn't respond to requests for comment from the Epoch Times. According to the various court documents, the people who breached the Capitol mostly have right-wing ideologies, but some affiliated with Antifa or similar agendas also participated.
we would like the opportunity to subpoena Congresswoman Herrera Butler regarding her communications with House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and to subpoena her contemporaneous notes that she made regarding what President Trump told Kevin McCarthy in the middle of the insurrection, Raskin said. We will be prepared to proceed by Zoom deposition of an hour or less just as soon as Congresswoman Herrera Butler is available. Raskin further stated that the House impeachment managers would like to take depositions from anyone else who comes forward like Herrera Butler. Trump's counsel Michael Vanderveen responded that the call for witnesses is inappropriate and improper. After what happened here in this chamber yesterday, the House managers realised they did not investigate this case before bringing the impeachment. They did not give the proper consideration and they didn't put the work in that was necessary to impeach the former president, he said. However, Vanderveen said he would like to ask for at least over a 100 depositions if the House impeachment managers want to subpoena witnesses. Do not handcuff me by limiting the number of witnesses that I can have, Vanderveen said. He emphasised that the proposed subpoena is also irrelevant to the article of impeachment that he said should focus on what happened before the January 6th Capitol breach. It's not clear if the House impeachment managers had knowledge about the alleged McCarthy-Trump phone call, with Raskin saying Saturday that it was breaking. However, Butler said in her statement that she shared the information about the call widely, after she first mentioned it in a January 12th statement. I told it to the Daily News of Longview on January 17th, she said. I shared it with local county Republican executive board members, as well as other constituents who asked me to explain my vote. I shared it with thousands of residents on my telephone town hall on February 8th, she said in the statement. The White House didn't respond to a request for comment from the Epoch Times. The story continues. Then we have an article by the Gateway Pundit. Breaking Trump legal team asked to call in Speaker Nancy Pelosi and DC Mayor Bowser to testify on inside info they may have had on Capitol breach. This was again this morning. Democrats flipped the script this morning after their case collapsed on Friday against President Trump. Democrats now want to change the rules and call in witnesses. This comes after Senator McConnell announced he will vote to acquit. I've got a comment about that later. This comes after Republican Representative Jane Herrera Butler of Washington leaked news on a January 6, 2021 phone call between House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and former President Donald Trump. According to the Seattle Times, Representative Jamie Raskin, lead impeachment manager, called Saturday morning for Republican Representative Jane Herrera Butler of Washington to be subpoenaed for the Senate trial, saying her corroboration of a January 6th phone call between House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and former President Donald Trump was critical. Butler, one of the ten Republicans who voted to impeach Trump. Kevin McCarthy denies the leaked report by Herrera Butler. Republican Senators Collins McCoskey, Romney Sass and Lindsey Graham voted for witnesses. According to reports, the Trump legal team requested to call in Speaker Pelosi and Washington DC Mayor Bowser to testify before the US Senate. And there's a tweet from Dino Velatanlik, don't know who that is, breaking the Trump legal team has asked to subpoena Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and Mayor Muriel Bowser of Washington, D.C. if the Democrats wish to call witnesses for the impeachment trial. What kind of inside information do they have about the breach of the Capitol? And a tweet from Manu Raju, um... A person familiar with Trump team strategy told me that if Dems seek witnesses, Trump's legal team will try to call Pelosi and Bowser. They would need 51 votes to subpoena the witnesses. Dem managers have refused to comment this morning about witnesses. Dem Democratic senators said Chuck Schumer signaled to them he doesn't know if House Dems will ask for witnesses. We were told just a few moments ago, we don't know, Ben Cardin told me. Cardin said he will be fine with witnesses but doesn't think they're necessary. 
Pelosi, Bowser and Mitch McConnell refused increased security on January 6th for the US Capitol. However, it seems the Democrats didn't like that idea because, you know, there's a lot of evidence that's come out that the FBI knew about plans for this insurrection, if you can call it that. Um, and so did the Capitol Police. And Trump offered 10,000 National Guardsmen to protect the Capitol. And both Mayor Bueller and Nancy Pelosi turned that down. So, you know, the question is, were they deliberately setting this whole thing up um, to give them the pretext for impeaching Trump again? So here's an article by Epoch Times. Um, Senate includes Butler's statement into Trump impeachment record moves to closing argument. So, surprise, surprise, they changed their mind about calling witnesses. The Senate House impeachment managers and former President Donald Trump's counsels have agreed to enter a statement by Representative James Herrera Butler into the record of Trump's impeachment trial as evidence, with the trial moving to the closing arguments phase ahead of a vote on whether to convict. Butler said in recent tweets in a statement that House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy spoke with Trump as a mob was storming the US Capitol on January 6th and that the president hesitated to call off the riots at McCarthy's request. Trump allegedly believed it was Antifa that had breached the Capitol in the first place. And we do have a lot of evidence about that. Um, the first guy to be arrested, um, I think his name is Sullivan if I remember rightly. Anyway, don't quote me on that. But he was found to not only have links to BLM and Antifa, but he's also set up his own organisation against government. And I think there are others that have been shown to have Antifa connections as well. Anyway, carrying on. Well, Kevin, I guess these people are more upset about the election than you are. Trump is reported to have told McCarthy after McCarthy reportedly refuted the Antifa narrative. The Epoch Times could not independently verify Butler's statement. Trump and McCarthy's offices didn't respond to requests for comment from the Epoch Times. Before the Senate vote, lead House impeachment manager Rep. Jamie Raskin stated that they wanted to call witnesses because of the alleged phone call between McCarthy and Trump. We would like the opportunity to subpoena Congresswoman Herrera regarding her communications with House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and to subpoena her contemporaneous notes that she made regarding what President Trump told Kevin McCarthy in the middle of the insurrection, Raskin said. We will be prepared to proceed by Zoom deposition of an hour or less just as soon as Congresswoman Herrera Butler is available. Raskin further stated that the House impeachment managers would like to take depositions from anyone else who comes forward, as Butler had done. Trump's counsel, Michael Vanderveen, responded that the call for witnesses is inappropriate and improper. I'm going to skip some of this because it's repeating what uh, I've read out in the previous article. Senator Lindsey Graham said in a series of tweets that he believes it is better for the country for the trial to go to a final vote without calling witnesses. However, if the body wants witnesses, I'm going to insist we have multiple witnesses, Graham said in a tweet, adding, we can start with Speaker Pelosi to answer the question as to whether or not there was credible evidence of pre-planned violence before President Trump spoke. Whether Speaker Pelosi, due to optics, refused requests by the Capitol Hill police for additional resources like the National Guard, Graham said in another tweet. Her testimony is incredibly relevant to the incitement charge. Other lawmakers made similar calls. If the House managers call Representative Herrera Butler as a witness, the first witness Trump's lawyers should call is Nancy Pelosi, Ted Cruz said in a series of tweets. Several questions she should answer. What did you know about threats to the Capitol? When? Did you turn down National Guard because of optics, he wrote, adding that the next witness that should be called is Washington Mayor Muriel Bowser. 
Following the decision not to have Butler testify, but to enter her testimony into the record, and given that no other witnesses have been called, the respective teams get two hours each for closing statements, meaning that a final vote on conviction is near certain to come on Saturday, which of course is today. At least 17 Republicans in the 100-seat chamber would have to join all 50 Democrats to convict Trump, which a number of GOP senators have insisted is highly unlikely. Senator Tim Scott, Republican South Carolina, told CNN that I think you get at best six Republicans, probably five and maybe six, who will cast votes in favour of a conviction. The six Republicans could be the ones who broke with their GOP colleagues Tuesday in voting that the impeachment trial was constitutional. Senators Lisa Murkowski, Alaska, Susan Collins, Maine, Pat Toomey, Pennsylvania, Sass, Nebraska, Romney, Utah and Cassidy, Louisiana. So they've shown their hands, haven't they, by voting for impeachment? Lawmakers from both parties have said they would like to wrap the trial up quickly so they could move on to other business, such as confirmation votes on senior Biden administration officials and COVID-19 relief. And people are pretty annoyed about this, angry about this. There's um, a comment here. These people are disgusting. I think they're playing hide the pee. Look at this. Not what Biden is doing. Meanwhile, he destroys the country and makes decisions that will tear our economy apart. This is giving cover to the legacy media not to cover what he's doing, but to just cover this atrocity. So people are very unhappy and disgusted with this whole process. And just to finish on what was said in that earlier article about uh, McConnell, this is actually a Wall Street Journal article mcconnell will vote to acquit trump in impeachment trial aid say uh, senate Mc minority leader mitch mcconnell republican kentucky will vote to acquit former president donald trump the gop leader said in a letter to senate republicans according to gop aides mr mcconnell had harshly criticized the president's actions on january 6th saying rioters were provoked by the president and other powerful people. What a hypocrite. I mean, he voted for the impeachment to go ahead and now he's trying to backtrack to save his face on it anyway. In the letter emailed to Senate Republicans, Mr McConnell said that he viewed the verdict handed down by senators at the end of the trial as a vote of conscience, according to text reviewed by the journal. I've been asked directly by a number of you how I intend to vote, so I thought it right to make that known prior to the final vote, Mr McConnell wrote. While a close call, I hardly think so, I am persuaded that impeachments are a tool primarily of removal and we therefore lack jurisdiction. He said that the Constitution makes perfectly clear that presidential criminal misconduct while in office can be prosecuted after the president has left office and that in his view this alleviates the otherwise troubling January exception argument raised by the House. Given these conclusions he said I will vote to acquit. And now to lighten the uh, the mood here uh, before I move on to the next topic I'd just like to share with you a BabylonBee.com article and of course Babylon B is a satire site. Uh, Pelosi preemptively announces articles of impeachment against Candace Owens. Only days after delivering Trump's articles of impeachment to the Senate, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced they are already working on a brand new impeachment for rising right-wing menace and future GOP presidential candidate Candace Owens. This woman is dangerous, extremely dangerous, said Pelosi to reporters. She's an outspoken African-American woman who doesn't think the way African-Americans are supposed to think. We must impeach her immediately to prevent her from running and save our democracy. Good morning, Wednesday morning. This is like such a sad day for our country, said Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. All this time, most of, most of us didn't even think Candace Owens was a real person, but rather a haunting spectre from our most terrifying nightmares. It's terrible to think that a woman who repeatedly tried to have me killed will be allowed to run for president. 
According to historians, if Candace Owens is successfully elected, she'll be America's first black president, at least as far as they can remember. <laughs> I do love the Babylon Bee um, articles. <laughs> the satire is, is just hilarious. So anyway, I was hoping that if uh, they did agree to have witnesses at the impeachment trial, that all of the uh, election fraud would be exposed. But that doesn't seem to be the way it's going, which is in a way rather a shame. But anyway, and, you know, it's so surprising. Well, maybe it's not so surprising. But, you know, when I read Twitter posts about the how unconstitutional and how ridiculous the whole impeachment thing is there's still so many people brainwashed people who are saying trump should be um should be charged for criminal offenses trump should be impeached it's like really people i think you you a brain shell short of a vegetable <laughs> I just want to slip in something else that really amused me this week. Um, this is an article from Real Raw News. And the fact checkers have been out saying, oh, no, this never happened, which tends to suggest that it did because they always try to counter things that are actually true. Uh, Governor DeSantos tells Biden, go f*** yourself. <laughs> this is February the 11th. Florida Governor Don Ron DeSantis on Wednesday did not mince words on a congested conference call with Biden and federal health authorities who are seeking to prohibit domestic travel to and from the Sunshine State. DeSantis and Biden exchanged salvos of biting barbs after the criminal president said the federal government had authority to restrict movement of the people. Citing concerns over the widespread proliferation of COVID-19 variants, Biden said he might have to prohibit vehicle and air traffic until the CDC and NIH were confident that currently available vaccinations had a proven efficacy against emerging strains such as highly transmissible anomalies from the United Kingdom, Brazil and South Africa. Also on the call were Deep State Dr. Fauci and Acting CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, both of whom championed Biden's idea and told DeSantis that surging cases in Florida threatened to undermine the federal government's expansive efforts to mitigate spread across the country. Florida, Dr. Fauci said, was the epicentre of COVID-19 mutations and argued that new variants accounted for between 50 to 35 percent of new cases in Florida. Walensky argued on the call that any attempt by DeSantis to resist a federally mandated travel ban would be immoral, selfish and possibly illegal. Biden echoed her words and he berated DeSantis for having left Florida's economy open during the dark days of COVID. Moreover, Biden claimed he had unilateral and constitutional authority to protect the nation's health from, in quotes, rogue politicians acting in contravention of established health guidelines. DeSantis' initial reply was brief and blunt. I will not comply, he said, and then cited the CDC's own statistics showing a nationwide decline in active COVID-19 cases. Florida had arrested the spread of COVID-19, DeSantis argued, and accused Biden of targeting Republican states that supported Donald Trump. Florida absolutely will not comply, DeSantis repeated. Instituting a travel ban or restriction of movement will be a gross example of federal overreach with no grounding in law or science. We have COVID-19 in check and that you're trying to exert unlawful authority over our state and its people, he chided Biden. Biden then tacitly threatened to withhold federal funding and to deny Florida access to COVID-19 vaccinations. Come on, man, Florida needs our help and you need vaccines, which are hard to come by. Isn't that right, Dr. Fauci, Biden said. The deep state doctor replied in the affirmative, telling DeSantis that he expects the prevalence of the UK variant to double or triple every week to 10 days. Governor, do you want to be responsible for reinfecting the nation? Truth is, we don't even know how effective current vaccines are against the UK strain. DeSantis told Dr Fauci he trusted his own state health authorities over financially incentivised federal officials. 
How much do you stand to earn with from these vaccines, Dr. Fauci? And Joe, if you continue with this course of action, I will authorise the State National Guard to protect the movement of Floridians, DeSantis said. Address me as Mr. President or President Biden, Biden said. I will not, and you can go f*** yourself, DeSantis said before hanging up. In closing, it seems obvious that Team Biden favours perpetual lockdowns and a stagnant economy, keeping Americans imprisoned under a de facto state of medical martial law. So I've checked the site. There's no indication that this is a satire site, but if it's true, I think this is a great story. And uh, it's interesting because there are several cases now where states are legislating against following the executive orders that Biden has been signing in certain cases. And also there's a number of um, states that are overturning the, the nationwide mask mandates or the statewide, you know, the ones declared by Biden. So, you know, the Republican states are really starting to stand up against what Biden's doing, at least the Republican states that are true Republicans, I should say. Oh, and just one more thing about Biden. There's quite a number of videos and images showing what seems to be uh, an actor wearing a Biden mask. And we've seen reports by an ex-CIA um, operative that created these masks to kind of impersonate different people. So that is a possibility. I mean, we know that Biden now looks nothing like the, the Biden we saw in the past. So we know it's not the real Biden. So we'll have to see, you know, whether it's a body double or a mask or whatever it is. But there's also some images where the mask is pushing Biden's nose out of place and that's really weird as well and that seems to support the idea that it's actually a mask not a body double. So on to a quick section on cancel culture. Um, Twitter restricts Project Veritas's account for their expose of Facebook um, Twitter suspends Devin Nunes' account and then restores it minutes later. Um, Twitter reports $1.4 billion net loss for 2020. If that isn't karma, I don't know what is. Companies continue to drop my pillow, which of course is uh, CEO Mike Lindell because of his exposure of voter fraud. 18 companies have dropped his products, the latest being Dollar General, and this has caused a backlash from patriots who have made sales surge by buying direct from MyPillow to show their support. So again, it, it's a boomerang effect. It happened with uh, Goya canned veggies and things, where um, because I think it was... AOC who demanded that a boycott of Goya products because the CEO is a Trump supporter sales absolutely went through the roof and uh, the CEO gave AOC an employee of the month award which was also very amusing it's interesting how Republicans seem to have or you know patriots not just generally Republicans because as we know there's some deep state Republicans out there but patriots just seem to have such a great sense of humour in response to these ridiculous attacks. Um, and yet, you know, the uh, the snowflakes and the, the deep staters and the asleep take offence at everything and just have no way of uh, responding in um, in a civilised way, shall we say. Oh, and I nearly forgot to mention uh, Gateway Pundit's Twitter account has been removed and Jim Hoft, I think it is, the um, the founder, for publishing these videos showing the ballot drops. I covered that last week. So, you know, Twitter really going out to silence people, but um, we're just moving to other platforms, so they're not going to win. And they're obviously rapidly losing money. So moving on to the last topic of today's show, this is to do with uh, voter and election fraud. Um, 
Gateway Pundit reports Colorado 2. Colorado's 2020 election results are also suspect. Biden's numbers raise serious red flags and alleged turnout is more like Saddam's Iraq than the US. And this was Joe Hoft, actually, of Gateway Pundit. I think there's Joe and Jim, they're brothers. This was published yesterday. Colorado's 2020 election results made absolutely no sense, raised several red flags. Colorado allegedly had record-setting voter turnout in 2020, and Joe Biden somehow captured virtually all the new votes despite never visiting the state during his basement campaign. Colorado's results from the 2020 presidential election are suspect, along with the rest of the country. With the emphasis on the swing states with clear acts of election fraud, Colorado has not been the focus of massive fraud. But today we have information on the election results that show a clear indication of election fraud. A report from the New York Gazette analysed the results of the 2020 election in Colorado. Their analysis shows something is not right. In the 2016 presidential election in Colorado, Hillary beat future President Trump with 1,339,000 votes to Trump's 1,202,000 votes, a difference of approximately 137,000 votes. Neither candidate won the majority of the votes, with Hillary at 48% and Trump at 43%. Libertarian Gary Johnson won 5% with 445,000 votes. Voter turnout was 74%. Obama received 1,289,000 votes in Colorado in 2008 and 1,323,000 in 2012. In the 2020 election, Joe Biden reportedly received 1,804,000 votes to President Trump's 1,366,000 votes. We are supposed to believe this nonsense without question. Trump improved his vote in the state by approximately 162,000 votes. Joe Biden reportedly improved on Hillary's Hall by 465,352 votes. Colorado reportedly had a record-setting turnout of 85%. Votes are still being counted nationwide and in Colorado, but the centennial state has already set a new record for voter turnout. As of this afternoon... 3,276,575 ballots have been returned, a turnout rate of 85% of active voters and about 400,000 more than the 2016 election, according to data from Magellan Strategies. However, voter turnout for presidential elections is usually closer to 50 to 55%, which puts Colorado's results into question. Colorado's population has grown less than 200,000 since 2016. And it's got a chart of uh, Colorado population, 1900 to 2020. It goes on, and by cross-multiplying, we can determine that the number of eligible voters in 2016 was around 3.6 million to 3.7 million in 2020. So there basically was an increase in voters in Colorado between 2016 and 2020 of 100,000 to 150,000 individuals. Somehow, with an increase in voters and population of less than 200,000 since 2016, Joe Biden attracted 460,000 more, 38% votes than Obama or Hillary did in the prior elections. Biden received 440,000 more votes than President Trump, who surpassed his, Hillary's and Obama's record totals from the past. This guy who couldn't make it out of the basement and who we can't recall ever drawing circles in Colorado won. He was not that popular. This absolutely does not add up. And it's got some screenshots of... Um, Biden's so-called rallies where he's got like a dozen people in these white painted circles and it says no way this guy showing the screenshot of you know only 
well, very, very few people there beat this guy and a screenshot of a Trump rally with absolutely thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Colorado's numbers for Biden make no sense. They don't add up. There is something going on with these nearly impossible results. And then we have a Forbes uh, article saying Georgia Senate Senator Warnock under investigation for voter registration misconduct. And this was from February 11th, two days ago. The Georgia State Election Board voted unanimously Wednesday to move forward with an investigation of U.S. Senator Raphael Warnock, Democrat Georgia, for his role serving as board chairman of a voter registration organization founded by Stacey Abrams, that election officials say failed to follow deadlines in what appears to be the latest legal step in the ongoing feud between the progressive Abrams and the state's Republican election officials. And we know that Georgia's um, vote is very questionable because it was the um, it was Gateway Pundit that showed the ballot drops, you know, all these votes in Georgia that showed up. So um, that's definitely in question. Sydney Powell's reported that the Supreme Court has scheduled Wisconsin and Arizona cases for conference on February 26th. Michigan is already scheduled for the 19th. And then we have New Hampshire. And this is a Gateway Pundit article. The recently uncovered New Hampshire fraud confirms our reporting in November and unearths a fourth method Democrats used to steal the 2020 election. And this was published February the 11th as well. We now have at least four methods Democrats used to steal the 2020 election. The recent activity uncovered in New Hampshire is consistent with what we reported in November. Back then, we identified patterns in the election results that were basically impossible. Pennsylvania absentee ballots. The first method we identified was in Pennsylvania where President Trump crushed it on election day. On election day, the president won nearly two times the number of votes as Biden, with roughly two million for President Trump and only one million for Biden. Next, the Democrats began counting absentee ballots that came in late and were counted with no Republican poll watchers present. After a couple of days, Biden was ahead and the Democrats were done counting. Now, I realise some of this is repeating stuff that I've shared in in shows going way back to immediately after the election. But I think it's worth recapping on some of this. When reviewing these re results, we found that for nearly every county in the state, the percentage of absentee votes for President Trump was 40% less than the percentage of votes the president won on election day. If the president won 80% of the vote in a county on election day, he only won 40% of the absentee vote. If he won 60% of election day votes, he only won 20% of the absentee votes. This pattern was virtually impossible. And then there's a link to the original article on this subject. Number two, Michigan results. Next, we uncovered a report from Dr. Shiva out of Massachusetts. He uncovered another pattern that was impossible. When he looked at the results of four Michigan counties, he uncovered a pattern that was impossible. In a review of precincts in four counties, Dr. Shiva uncovered that the number of votes stolen from President Trump and given to Joe Biden increased proportionately as the county became more Republican. This increase was a pattern and which again was theoretically impossible. And again, a link to the original article. We discussed his numbers and some of our observations in a presentation in November with Dr. Shiva. That's a link to a video. Number three, the drop and roll. We next found across numerous states a pattern we labelled the drop and roll. After large chunks of ballots almost exclusively for Biden were dropped, the remaining votes were recorded at the same proportion of Biden to Trump for nearly every ballot entry after the drop. This too was impossible. And there's a link to a video there on drop and roll. Number four, subtracting votes from Republican candidates. Yesterday, we reported on ballots being stolen from Republican candidates in New Hampshire. This method was simple. The Democrats just stole 300 votes 
or 6% of the total votes from each Republican candidate, stealing the election for the Democrats. They got caught. Dominion-owned machines removed 6% of votes from each Wyndham, New Hampshire GOP candidate. Same machines used in 85% of towns. And that's a link to a particular report on that subject. Democrats stole the election in every way possible. It was the only way they could win. They stole the 2020 election. And I'm hoping we're going to see some of this... this evidence actually come out in these Supreme Court hearings because the Democrats are saying, you know, there's no merit to this, that the cases have been thrown out, when actually cases that have already been thrown out have been primarily on process grounds and evidence of the voter fraud has not been heard. And, of course, we've now got... um, Absolute Proof, which is the documentary produced by Mike Lindell, which is why he's getting so much pushback. That's now out. And there's also another video that's been released recently, which is Unmasked by Patriot Intel Report. It was actually published on February the 9th. I haven't had a chance to watch that yet, but um, go and take a look at it, see what you think. So we're not giving up on this election thing, at least I'm certainly not. And I know there's a lot of people out there losing hope, I think, because this has been dragging on and on and on and on. But um, as we've said all along, Trump would not give up after everything he's been through in the last four years. And even General Flynn said that Trump would be president for another four years. So we just have to keep focused on the outcome and not give up hope. And I just want to mention something before I finish, which wasn't in the title of the show, but this is related to the vaccine. And there are many, many reports on the on the web Um, of people who had had severe adverse reactions, including death, uh, the number of deaths from people who have taken the vaccine. That is mounting and there are cases of very similar issues that belie any idea that it's just coincidence and seen videos of of people who've taken the vaccine that's having seizures and body tremors and all sorts of different things and of course the main thing is that this is not a true vaccine it's it's an rna (laughs) injection which actually alters your dna and the key thing and and bear in mind, I'm not a scientist, but what I have read and understood is that this RNA is conditioning the body to attack anything that is similar in terms of the construction of the RNA. But what happens is that... Because it enters the cells, when it's triggered, it can't distinguish between an invading virus, assuming, of course, that viruses actually exist, because there's a lot of controversy about that. But it, because it's got into your cellular structure, the body starts to destroy itself. And I think it's one of the frontline doctors, or or maybe it was the the Irish doctor, that was basically saying, especially after the second injection for the vaccine that need two shots, um, that's when you could start to see some really severe reactions. So all I'm saying really is I'm encouraging you to do your own research. Um, There is obviously an agenda to get everybody vaccinated. The pressure is on through these orders that, you know, you you have to be vaccinated to travel, you have to be vaccinated to do this, that and the other. And we basically have to resist that because it's just part of the um, Bill Gates, New World Order, Agenda 21, Agenda 30, Reset, you name it, um, global depopulation agenda. So do be careful.
and I imagine most of the listeners to this show are probably fully aware of this, but I think we also need to spread the the word ourselves so that people don't take the vaccine out of ignorance. So that's all I have time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show and that you'll join me for another show next week, another Cosmic Creating show. Um, We'll have to wait and see what the vote is for the impeachment trial. I'm sure that it'll be an acquittal um, and the Democrats have really shot themselves in the foot again. But anyway... So thank you to Nancy for producing. Uh, Just as a reminder, you can find me at the successalchemist.net, the webalchemist.net, and also my book is available at Empowered Manifestation for a a meagre $7. Thank you again. Take care. Stay safe. Be well. Bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper.